Let me pray before we look again at God's Word. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you speak to us not just of how to be saved, but also of how to live as your saved people as we await the return of the Lord Jesus. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us as we open your word and think about church to see what you have to say. And we pray, Lord, that as we do so, you would, by your spirit, change our minds and our hearts and bring it into conformity to the likeness of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen. Beat to quarters. All hands on deck. Run out the guns. Fire! Friends, uh, if you didn't know already, uh, I am rather a bit of a Hornblower fan. Yeah, there's a few Hornblower fans out here. That's great. Uh, if you don't know what Hornblower is, let me say you're missing out. Uh, Horatio Hornblower is a series of movies from the books uh, where there's a young man who starts serving as an officer in the British Navy. Uh, and as you could guess from what I just said, the exciting parts in the movies are always when there's action, when they're going into action against the French uh, in the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, for when the call to action is sounded, every man in the crew runs to his stations. Uh, some men jump to the sails, others to the helm. Uh, others man the guns or get the powder ready and still others bring up the cannonballs to throw at the dastardly enemy. And still others get water ready to douse fires. Uh, then there are the officers and the midshipmen, which is the junior officers, who are leading the various teams of men in their tasks. And all of them scramble to get the ship ready for action because they want to be the ones to fire the first broadside because their lives depend on it. I wonder, is church like that? Or is it like something else? Let me describe to you another ship of the sea. This ship is a cruise ship. A different type of ship altogether. It's far more relaxed. Only a few people on board do any work. And the rest of them, well, they rest and recharge because, well, that's the point of it, isn't it? That's what a cruise ship's about. And it doesn't sail about on a mission that is set by higher command. It kind of meanders across the ocean. This way and that. Uh, stopping in at interesting ports so you can pick up you know, trinkets and stuff to give to the family afterwards. And then when everyone's feeling rested and recharged, they find their way back to their home port and everyone's released into normal life. Cruise ship. Ship of war. Which one is the church more like? Well, let's go to our passage to find out. Have a look at Hebrews 10.25. That's our first passage that we looked at this morning. It says, Do not give up meeting together, 
as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So here we see that one of the key purposes of us meeting together, of doing church, is to encourage one another. That is to rest and recharge-ish. And we do get that sense that we are encouraged and equipped at church from other passages in the Bible, like Ephesians chapter 4, which goes on at length about it. Uh, even what we say when we end church here at St. Nick's might lead us to think that church is about being encouraged so that we can go out to live for Jesus. But what is it that we say at the very end of the service? We say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Okay, I'll say, in the name of Christ, amen. Now, there's that idea of we are here to be um, encouraged and to be prepared to live the Christian life out there in the big, ugly, bad world that it is. And friends, that is part of why we are here. We are here to be encouraged and equipped to live the Christian life. That's what it says here in Hebrews 10, 25. And it also says it in Ephesians 4 and elsewhere in the Bible. But notice who does the encouraging. You can see there in the verse. Encouraging one another. That is, when we meet together, when we church, everyone encourages each other. Uh, and this is reinforced in the passage earlier, when in verse 24 it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So yes, we are to be rested and recharged, equipped and encouraged at church, but it's not a ministry of the few. It's actually a ministry of all of us. Each and every one of us has a part to play. And so some of the service that we are prepared for and trained for is actually the service that happens in here. When we meet together or in our connect groups or in our whatever groups where we meet together as Christians. And this makes sense when we think about it, for if church assists us by encouraging and equipping us for the Christian life, well then some of that life occurs when we meet together at church. And it would be a strange thing to learn all those lessons and skills and stuff and not use it when we're together. That'd be weird. And so all of us, therefore, are involved in the equipping and the encouraging of each other. And that kind of makes it a bit less like a cruise ship and a bit more like field exercises for a ship of war. And that metaphor becomes even more appropriate when we look at our other passage in 1 Corinthians 12. Flick with me to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. 
For we are, were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Yeah, these are some of the most cherished verses in the Bible when it comes to speaking about the church because it's a beautiful picture. A picture of the many coming together and being one. Uh, the church has many differences, but it, the people in the church have differences, but they're all one church. We are united in Jesus and our common faith in Jesus. So despite the many differences, we are one in Christ Jesus. And you can see there some of the differences that they experienced back in Corinth. There were differences uh, of uh, racial and cultural difference, Jews and Gentiles. Uh, and then you've got the socioeconomic and legal differences between slaves and free people. And these differences aren't obliterated. It's not like they become Christians and they cease being any of those things. But what it means is they are now of secondary importance compared to what unites them. It's a bit like what happens, I imagine, when you join the British Navy. Each sailor is different and comes from different places. Some come from England and Ireland and Wales and others come from Scotland even. And they come from different walks of life. Some are from the higher classes and some are from the lower classes. But once they put on that uniform, they are united by something bigger than their differences. And they work together as one. And friends, this is also the truth that we live here at St. Nick's. For we are very different from each other. Uh, we can see that in our different church backgrounds. Uh, some of us are from Anglican stock, a few of us. Others are from Catholic, Baptist, Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Acts 29, FIEC, C3, Salvation Army, Trying to think of a few more. Uh, ACC. If, I, if I've forgotten your acronym, please forgive me. Uniting. Please forgive me. I was doing that off the top of my head. Pre Sorry? Methodist. Methodist. Oh, how could I forget the shouting Methodist? Sorry, sister. Uh, if I've forgotten, please forgive me. There are more that I'm not mentioning. And that's just our church backgrounds, where this kaleidoscope, we're all mished together in Jesus. And then there's where we come from physically. Some of us are long-term Golbanites. In fact, people who look at you know, those other people from the other side of Golban are going, yeah, yeah, who are you? Um, but others of us have, are blow-ins. People who have come from all kinds of places. And still others are out-of-town people. We live on properties or we live even as far afield as Lower Burrow and Parksbourne and Crookwall. 
All very different places. And that's not even counting where we all were, well, where some of us were before we got to Goulburn. And we come from different sections of society or have different occupations. Let me run through some occupation. We have farmers and posties, uh, teachers and nurses and truckies and taxi drivers and health workers and managers and lawyers and business owners and tradies and receptionists and hospitality and professor. Ag scientists, retail, maintenance, service people, retirees, students. I could keep going, couldn't I? Again, please forgive me if I didn't say your occupation. Goodness. And yet, we're one. You see, Jesus has made us one despite all our differences. Whether we're rich or poor, short or tall, male or female, young or old, local or blow-ins. We are all sinners who have been saved by Jesus and his death for us on the cross. You see, Jesus is the common factor that unites us. He makes us one. And yet, even in this oneness, we have different roles to play. Have a look at verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Paul here is saying that inside the church, people are... They play different roles. And he's pointing here in this metaphor to the different functional parts of the body. The foot has a different role to the hand. And if you ever tried to pick things up with your foot, you can see how hard that is. The ear has a different task to the eye. Paul is saying that there are many different roles that people fill in the church. There are many different parts to play. To continue the hornblower analogy, not everyone in the British Navy is a gunner. Or if we were to turn it to the sports field, not everyone is a halfback or a striker or a goal attack or an opening batsman. In an orchestra, not everyone is a violin. Thank goodness. In most organisations, people have different roles to play within one body and Paul here is saying it's the same with the church of Jesus. And of course, friends, you know that it's very much that way here at St Nick's. Listen to just some of the roles that people play in our church. We have cleaners, scripture teachers, Music team, visual tech, sound tech, hospital visitor, pastoral care team, connect group leader, parish counsellor, Bible reader, greeters, preacher, treasurer, morning tea, secretary, kids church team, wardens, leading prayers, welcomers, Anglican women, service leaders, bulletin rosters, and much, much more. 
I'm tired just thinking about all that ministry that happens. There are many different roles within our church and those are just the formal ones that we're talking about here. There's all the informal ones. You know, the ones where someone is the person who just is really good at listening and they go and listen to other people and then pray for them. Or the person who is really good at noticing that person standing by themselves and goes and talks to them. Or that person who is really good at seeing that those chairs are going to fall over and hurt someone and they go and fix it before it happens. And then there's that really, there's that person who's just really good at fixing up people after chairs are fall. Okay, let's look at that. There are many different roles in our church, both formal ones and informal ones. And that leads Paul to a deduction, a key deduction in verse 17. Have a look at verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So did you see Paul's key deduction there? He says that everyone is needed in the church. Just as a body needs all its parts in order to work well, so the church needs everyone in it to play their part to function well. Just imagine a naval ship where everyone was a gunner. You know, they all had that job of running out the guns and firing them. How long do you think it would take before they ran into a bit of land and drowned? Not long. Doesn't work, does it? You've got to have people doing different things. Everyone has their role to play if the ship is going to sail and do well in battle. And in the same way, God has given us each a role or roles, plural, in his team. And we all need to play our part if we're going to achieve our mission. And friends, if everyone is needed, that means that playing our roles, whatever that is, is actually really important. If we play our roles, the church will benefit. And that's exciting because it means that what we're doing is meaningful and purposeful. In fact, we can see in these verses it, that it tells us that we're exactly where God wants us to be. If you've ever wondered what's God's will for me, well, it's there in those verses. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. How encouraging is that? When we play our part, we can know that we are doing God's will. 
What a wonderful encouragement. Of course, the flip side to being needed is that it also comes with responsibility. For if we don't play our part and use the gifts that God has given us for the benefits of his church, then the church suffers. It's a bit like sailing a naval ship shorthanded. If you don't have enough sailors on deck, you can't carry as much sail. And if it's really bad, the ship sinks. It could be that serious. Friends, every church needs all its people on active duty. For God has designed, we read here in this passage, every church to need every person at that church to play their part. And St. Nick's is no exception. There's no clause down the bottom that says, except at St. Nick's. And that means you, you have a vital part to play in our church. So please make every effort to play your part. For everyone is needed. And that leads the Apostle to another conclusion. Another key deduction in verse 21. Have a look at verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If everyone is needed... Paul's reasoning goes, then everyone's contribution should be valued. Christians ought to value each other. And you might notice in verse 21, that starts at the basic levels of not being dismissive of each other. For of course, being dismissive is the opposite of valuing someone. I don't need you. That's the opposite, isn't it? But then in verse 22, it switches to the positive. And you can see there in a number of different ways how we are to see each other's role. Indispensable, special honour, special modesty, greater honour and equal concern. All of those things are positive ways we can value each other's contribution. It's like treating each person as a match winner or a virtuoso, no matter how small or seemingly insignificant the task is that they're doing. And friends, one of the ways to do this is to look for the positive in each other's efforts and then tell them about it. And I know this is really countercultural for human beings. We don't tend to do this. 
a lot to stop people and say, hey, thank you. But wouldn't it be awesome if we noticed that the Bible reader gets that tricky name right in that genealogy and we tell them about it and say, well done. Because they were probably nervous. Or wouldn't it be awesome if when your kids come home from kids' church and they actually tell you something about their lives and they tell you, I learnt this, that Jesus loves me and died for me, that you go and tell their kids' church teacher that that's what they learnt because that's what the kids' church teachers are doing it for. They'll be excited and they'll be encouraged. Or you might just notice as you walk into the hall just how clean it looks this week and then look down, or the church, both, and look at it and go, wow, who is on the roster this week? They did an amazing job. And then find them and say thank you. You might then have to pick them up off the floor afterwards. They'd be shocked. But wouldn't that be awesome? Sadly, human nature is such that we all tend to notice when someone doesn't do the perfect job or what we think is the perfect job. And we tend to overlook when they do a great job and just accept it. So friends, let's notice the positive and tell them. And can I say, as your minister, that you have a huge advantage over me in doing this ministry? You say, why is that? Well, if I go and say to someone, thanks for doing that, you did a great job, in the back of their head, there'll be a little voice saying, yeah, but he's paid to be nice. Isn't that the truth? You know, or, you know, well, that's the minister, of course, yes. But if you do it, they'll be blown away. So let me encourage you to do it. You have a strategic advantage over me. When you do it, it'll mean so much more. So let me encourage you to notice the positive and tell them. Brothers and sisters, the Bible has told us today that we are not really much like a cruise ship. We are really more like the battleship. God has designed the church so that there is encouragement and equipping on board, but we're all involved in that. We each have different roles to play in this church. One of the key reasons we are here is to serve each other. And that means that everyone is needed. So brothers and sisters, let us get on deck and get active. Let us be at church at least three or four Sundays a month if we can. And then be involved. For God has designed St. Nick's with your contribution in mind. And that works if you go somewhere else afterwards as well. In every church that you're in, 
God has placed you there to serve as well as receive. And friends, let me say that if you're sitting here this morning and you're not sure what your part is and you'd like to have a cup of coffee and talk about that, or if you've just got an idea in your head that I might be, yeah, I'm gifting that area. I wonder if they need more people to do blah, whatever it is. Then fill out a Connect card and tick the box for volunteer and you might even write in some thoughts. And how do I do that? Well, on the front of your bulletin, you'll find the Connect card, the QR code that will take you to the Connect card on our website. And then that will come through the magic of the internet through to me and Stan and we'll get in touch with you to help you to be active and to serve at St Nick's. So if you're sitting there this morning saying, yeah, I really want to get involved, then you can. But let us know so we can help you find the place that you can be serving God's people in. And friends, as we serve each other, let's encourage each other about our serving. Let's look for the positive and tell them about it. For together, we are growing God's family and being used by him to bless others. And there's no more meaningful mission in the world than that. So let us pray and ask for his assistance. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you are a gracious and compassionate and loving God who has saved us through the death of your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have brought us together as your people to be a blessing to each other, to encourage and equip each other. And we pray, Lord, that each of us would use the part that you have gifted us in to bless your people. May by your Spirit we play our part and be active in your church, blessing others. And may when we notice that someone has done a job and done it well, may we find them and tell them that they may be encouraged to keep serving. And we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.